Here oh, we go. Yeah. Okay. Let's get it. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Knee on Belly podcast. We are your hosts, Nate, John, Brandon, and boys. Today, we are going to recap UFC 283. We have two count them two boys brand new champions and we're going to talk about it then we're going to do a fun little mma this is probably one of the things i've been i've been looking forward to this probably more than anything we've done in a while (laughs) we're going to do a little fun mma trade deadline exercise in which we are going to set up three trades that we would make to bring some of the biggest stars from outside the ufc into the organization so stick around find out who we're bringing in who's going and finally all the news and happenings in the world of mixed martial arts. But first, boys, what is up? Episode 117 of the Neon Belly Podcast. Coming off of biggest pay-per-view of the year. I think it's the first one, but even still. <laughs> like, But it feels like those last couple just weren't hitting the same as this one did. Yeah. Like towards the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it just like. It, great way to kick off. Uh, we definitely got spoiled with the first yeah. one of the year. So you, when you look at like a UFC 285 and stuff, it's like, this is what you got to live up to. Yeah. These guys all came and showed out. It's those live Rio crowds, man. I mean, just... <sighs> First I mean, just, time back in Brazil. Yeah, yeah, just a live crowd in general. I mean, it's... Yeah, and, and the crowd, like I said, it played into it. Uh, real quick, boys. Last week when we left off, obviously we had recorded before the Gaha Open. Um, mm-hmm. So the Gaha Open is done. We said we would just kind of comment on it real quick. Another fantastic um, event put on by Jacob Herlock. Um, uh, Bulldog Fight Team, excuse me, I slipped my mind there for a minute, uh, beating American Top Team Indy in the team versus team. But I'll tell you what, man, some great matches in mm-hmm. there. Great performances all around from both teams. Um, we had the the Blue Belt Tournament was just fantastic as well. Um, shout out to Damian Sexton, who won the uh, under 185-pound Blue Belt bracket with a nasty no-gi baseball cha- bat-, bat choke. Down on points. I think he was down like 4-0 mm-hmm. in there. It was went, more than 4-0, I think. And just under a minute left to go, uh, hits just goes for the Hail Mary, no key baseball check and, uh, choke and pulls it off. Then you had Ethan Atkins winning, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. if I'm mispronouncing that, Ethan, I apologize, uh, winning the plus 185. And uh, same thing, man, he had a killer's row, I think, of uh, getting through a blue belt bracket and somehow got stuck in the nastiest Kimura uh, by Isaiah Watkins. And shot clock got out right at the yeah. end. Yeah, oh my gosh, uh, I've... Would love to talk to him because I bet next day that was not feeling great. Mm. Um, but shout out to him, man. Um, but yeah, just some great, great grappling all around. Mm-hmm. You can go to our YouTube at Neon Belly Podcast. The full event is up there. Um, and if you have checked it out, we appreciate it. And go ahead and hit the subscribe button. You know, that's yeah. where we're any interviews we do. Um, that's where we're going to put them. Going to try to get some of those here soon as well. So bear with us. Um, also, boys, I'm, I'm jumping right into it. We got a lot to get to today. Yeah. Um, I want to also mention again our Verdict MMA Fantasy League. Yes, sir. Um, it is off and rolling. And we're going to, after the pay-per-view, we will get to, uh, I'm going to, every week, just like when we do our score updates for the pod, I'm going to update who our leader is. Um, so, but make sure if you haven't, Download the Verdict MMA app to your phone and join our Knee on Belly Podcast League. Um, I'll go ahead and actually, I've been throwing it up in the story, um, but we'll go ahead this week and um, actually post it so you can find it there. I don't know if it's like a QR, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But 
if you want to join and can't figure out how to do it, um, just shoot us a message on Instagram mm-hmm. or whatever, and, and we'll walk you through it, send you the link. Um, and lastly, boys, we're celebrating two years today. So shout out to us. Congrats. Another, yeah. another, another year in the book. Terrible twos. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can tell you about this. <laughs> yeah. We are rounding second base here. I would say that's good enough. We're a blue belt, right? Yeah. As a podcast, I think. Is that, is that I what would that say that so. Is? We show up every week. Uh, yeah. Did all the seminars. Yep. Got two, a basic idea of what we're doing. Two years yeah. in. Yeah. I think I think we're a blue belt. We so. could teach somebody how to do it on a small level. Yeah. I mean, we could show them how to like hold a microphone. Yeah. And, push yeah. record. Yeah. Absolutely. Brandon. Yeah. Come a long way with the microphone holding. Yeah. It's a lot better. <laughs> uh, real quick, boys, before we get into UFC 283, John, rate, sub, follow. Let the people know. All right, everybody. What we need you to do is if you have an iPhone, go to Apple Podcast. Um, that's probably how you're listening to this. But if not, if you have somebody who has one, go to there. Do that. You can give us a five star review. Or five stars, you can leave us a review. We love to read them on here. Um, the five stars do a really good job of pushing us into searches and new stuff and algorithms. Same with Spotify. You can give us five stars on social media. We're Neon Belly Podcast on Instagram. Uh, we're on TikTok. Obviously, like he mentioned, on our YouTube. Trying to get more content up. Trying to put different content on different uh, platforms. So just show us some love, and we got some good stuff coming up. Yeah, and with our YouTube, we've kind of kicked around, and we might do it, but we do record uh, video for every episode. Obviously, mm-hmm. if you follow our social media, we post clips. So um, we have kind of kicked around the idea of uploading um, these episodes in their entirety. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're more of a visual podcast watcher, um, let us know. I mean, if there's a need for it, we will definitely just start mm-hmm. uploading the full videos uh, to our YouTube. If if people want to watch instead of listen, I mean, I get that. There's some, yeah. I have podcasts that like I listen to and then others that I feel like I more have to watch them than listen. So let us know, like I said, if there's mm-hmm. a need for it, well, we can definitely, it's something we'll definitely consider because yeah. we already have. Brandon, I'll have to wear a shirt more often, but. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's okay. I'll do that. Yeah, I, I actually Photoshop in a shirt on Brandon in every single one of those clips. Luckily, it's usually just a black shirt, so yeah, you don't have to easy. change it yeah. up. Boys, UFC 283 last Saturday. This past Saturday. I always want to say last night, but I know. it's a Monday thing, right? Uh, from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. And before we get to the recap, as promised, boys, I dropped the ball last week. But a little <laughs> fun fact about Rio de Janeiro in the world's history, fellas, the highest ever recorded soccer attendance for a single match was at the Medicana Stadium in Rio de Janeiro at the 1950 World Cup, where 200,000 spectators watched Uruguay beat Brazil 2-1 to one to become world champions. Of the 200,000 people, though, uh, 173, excuse me, 173,850 were paid spectators, and an estimated 20,000 were freeloaders. Nice. Wow. I just love that, that, that little fun fact. 20,000 <laughs> yeah. freeloaders. I love 20, it. 000. Can't stop them all, man. Imagine 200,000 people, and in Brazil, and Brazil lost. They said um, the sound of the loss at full time was probably more deafening than oh, <laughs> the yeah. match itself ever was. Let's talk about hostility. Imagine yeah. 200,000 people just quiet. <laughs> Uh, boys, are you ready? Because here we go. Let's go Kicking man. it right off, boys. Jump off. Let's go. And new. Yes, sir. Sweet UFC dreams. light heavyweight champion defeating Glover Teixeira via unanimous decision 50 44 on all three judges' scorecards. And boys, this was an extremely impressive and well-rounded performance by Sweet Dreams, Jamal Hill, 
Um, really had to utilize all aspects of his MMA game here. And to me, he ticked all the boxes. Mm-hmm. You know, the chin held up, the cardio held up, the takedown defense looked great. And even when he was taken down, displayed some really good jujitsu and technique there to get up. And as I said last, last week, um, I thought he had a very underrated ground game and takedown defense anyways coming into this, mm-hmm. but I didn't even think that it would hold up that well against Glover Teixeira. As Teixeira, though, just two for 17 in takedowns. Very similar there to, like, you know, like I said with the Tiago Santos mm-hmm. where he was, like, two for 26 or something. So um, those numbers holding true there here, even against a better wrestler in Glover Teixeira. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the thing for me that was just more impressive uh, about Jamal was his fight IQ. Um, you know, that left head kick was really the difference maker for Hill in this fight. And he said afterwards, that wasn't even something that he had planned. It was just a read that he had made in, made in the fight there um, and just kept going back to it. And I just think that's huge. And ultimately, that's what kind of swung this fight in his favor. Mm-hmm. And he needed something like that because... Glover Teixeira just refused to be finished in this fight, um, but ultimately Hill seems to just have an answer for everything that Glover brought into this fight. Your guys' thoughts on Sweet Dreams Hill? Yeah, so honestly, it's I obviously don't want to take anything away from Hill, you know. But what's more impressive, like his overall performance or Glover's chin, man? Like that was just <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Fight could have been stopped multiple times, especially I think the fourth. We didn't know if Ugh. he was going to make it for the fifth. His eyebrow was hanging. Yeah, off. so that was rough. Um, but no, I think, uh, you know, you kind of said it all. But like, like you said, one of the biggest, uh, most impressive aspects of that fight for me was Hill's ability to get up off of his back um yeah. when glover had him you know fully mounted even in the fifth you know, round yep, side control yeah. and the cardio held up and the people it's not been talked about as much this wasn't a full camp for hill yes. either right yeah. so he didn't even get a full camp for this yeah. cardio still held up in the fight iq i'd watched yeah. an interview with him a few weeks ago um a media personality actually picked against hill for his own little picks he does and hill actually got onto a, a youtube interview yeah. with him and kind of you know bantered back and forth with him about it and that really kind of opened my eyes to hill's fight iq just through how he kind of processed his thoughts going into it so then that really was exemplified in the fight itself so that was really cool to see absolutely very impressive performance man i mean against every odd you can think of you know this number seven guy um wasn't even obviously supposed to get the title shot obviously things line up with the Mm -hmm. magomed and blahovich fight um he's in brazil who's fighting one of the most beloved fighters from Brazil, who's yeah, a good point. you can't put out, who's the best grappler in the division, who cuts through everybody else like butter and finishes them, who, you know, it was thought you only you can only win in the first round by a knockout. And this guy just did everything a champion does. He changed up his game plan a little bit. He got through some tough spots, especially, like you said, in that fifth round, to get up off of being fully mounted and getting out that back and, and even, like, pushing to keep – Glover off of him at the end and not falling into a trap of, you know, catching a late uh, knockout or something like that, like just dominated the whole fight and uh, couldn't be happier for somebody, especially after the fight, the way he broke down and it kind of really hit him. You can't be happier for somebody oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, that emotion at the end. I mean, you can just tell uh, what it meant to him. And, and I mean, John, you had even referenced last night when we were watching uh, um an interview he did, I think you said with Ariel Hawani, where he mm-hmm. just said, like, he just, like, I just want to see if I can be that guy. And uh, congratulations, uh, sweet dreams, Jamal Hill, because you are definitely, definitely that dude, man. I think he set a record with those strikes. He had, like, 419 strikes landed <clears throat> or attempted. Yeah, I mean, just a phenomenal. I mean, I told you guys. If you listen to our year-end award show, I said this year we're going to do a much better job of trying to track 
mm-hmm. you know, some of these awards so we don't have to go off memory or try to go back. And um, instantly for performance of the year, Jamal Hill already mm-hmm. making the list as an early candidate there. I wrote him down. So um, congrats to him. Glover Teixeira did retire in the cage immediately after. Um, so glad to see him move on. I mean, he just has nothing left in this sport mm-hmm. to prove. Um, I said it last week, and I still stand behind it today, is he is one of the greatest light heavyweights, in my opinion, to ever do it. Um, you know, they'd even talked about, I think, last night, you forget how long he was locked out of the UFC for, you know, in his, prime. In his prime, where it's like, hey, he probably could have been here just causing havoc, you know, for a while in the UFC, but did eventually get gold. Um, and, um, doesn't go out with a win, but he does go out on his shield and and out like a warrior. I mean, mm-hmm. like Brandon said, I mean, yeah. just there was times where it's just like nobody bounces back from that. Um, so congrats to Glover on just a fantastic career. Uh, did tease Alex Pereira the light heavyweight move, which I think we all feel is pretty inevitable. Mm-hmm. Said he's going to stick around at middleweight, um, and I think. Alex Pereira, light heavyweight, and especially against Jamal Hill, like, yeah, sign mm. me up. Dude, there was a moment yeah, where they went, like, face-to-face in the cage, and it was just, like, two, three seconds, but they made eye contact, and oh. they were probably, like, me to you, and it mm. was just, like, you could feel Dude, the tension. I, like, we're probably going to see each other yeah. one day. Oh, yeah, I told you the way he was looking across the cage at him. I mean, it was just kind of like, yeah, no, I, I got you, Glover. You know, it was like mm-hmm. he was ready for it. Um, but now for Hill, who is, by the way, the first champion from Dana White Contender Series, mm-hmm. um, but I also feel like we're going to have a lot more of those as time goes on as well because the talent that's come off of that, mm-hmm. you know, there there's a reason why, like, last year we said, like, hey, we need to commit to watching more of the Contender Series because yeah, – these guys end up being those guys. Absolutely. So let's just real quick, I mean, what's next for Jamal Hill, right? He woke up today – with a video message from the guy who had to vacate this title <laughs> due to injury, Yuri Prohashka. And this is exactly what Yuri had to say. I'm going to play it real quick. Headphone warning. Congratulations. I'm coming. I'm coming! He is coming, boy. Just out in the wilderness in the snow. <laughs> Definitely in the snow in a t-shirt there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> With the buzz cut. But he is coming. Uh, so to me, that definitely seems like it has to be next. You know, I do think Yuri obviously deserves an immediate rematch for the title that he never lost. Um, is I don't know where the shoulder is at. I haven't right. really heard a I think full... that's the biggest thing. Absolutely. But um, if Yuri can go... Whenever Jamal's ready to go again, you have to think right now, probably the soonest would be summer, especially after, yeah, or Chicago. I mean, he's from Chicago. Anywhere in the Midwest, please. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, But, you know, you also have, I mean, there's a lot of good matchups for for Jamal Hill. You know, you Mm -hmm. got Magomed, Jan, um, you know, so there is still some guys there that are good matchups for Jamal Hill. But, man, I'll be honest with you guys, and you can tell me what you think, but I think Jamal Hill is going to be a tough guy to dethrone at 205 pounds. I mean, he just seems to be able to do it all. Yeah, I mean, because the question then becomes, well, how do you beat him? Because you can't just say, oh, well, you just go wrestle him. Because yeah. clearly that's not. Yeah, probably the know. best wrestler in the division right now mm-hmm. just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's going to be a fun puzzle for these guys to try and solve. Yeah, the, the only thing you could think of is somebody who can have an X factor, kind of like a Paul Craig with his back game, where if he gets you in a certain submission, it's, you know, it's really hard to fight out of. The only person you, I can think of that like has a wrestling acumen that's different, that's probably bigger than Glover's, is like a Jelton Almeida, but he's still so far away from that. Um, who knows if he gets a chance to get to that anytime soon? But I, th- I feel like if you're a striker, good luck. If you can't, 
if you well, don't have see that's where I got I actually was a little worried like if there is one thing I would say is like I felt like as the fight went on um, and as he did get a little bit tired as defensively um, wasn't as sound um, and you know the hands were low it was kind of relying on some head movement and the one thing I will say is for a guy like Yuri right who I mean and really all it could be said for Jan it could be said for Magomed is you know, when you're just playing that game of inches and stuff like that, I mean, I would just like to see the defense. Like, the hands just got really low. Yeah, but Yuri doesn't have defense either. True, but... I mean, <laughs> they're both just going to be punching each other in the but, head. But, I mean, dude, look at look at how the Glover-Yuri fight went, right? And then we just saw what the Glover-Hill fight went. When Yuri and Hill go at it, it's going to be madness. I mean, mm-hmm. those three just seem like they breed just crazy fights mm-hmm. anyway. So I'm expecting Yuri, you know, just kind of comparing them all there. It's like that fight's going to be crazy. Yeah, I think Yuri has the, the the better matchup out of everybody. I agree. Being unpredictable, yeah. having, you know, so much in his toolbox to sure. use and just having that power. So, and, and I do think there's other power. Obviously, Jan Blahovich has a lot of power. You know, Magomed has power, but those guys are also more traditional strikers. Yeah. And I think Jamal does a really good job of using his length and just yeah. being stronger than everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only other thing I would say is, and this is just kind of, we're going to have to wait to see, I suppose, but I, I think there's a little comparison you could make to uh, Jamal and Adesanya. So you got to wonder how it looks for Jamal when he gets somebody who just, really backs him down or really kind of walks walks him down i should say but sometimes some of hill's best knockouts are when he's backpedaling he kind yeah. of gets one of those points to the side and just bow. so i don't know it's fair that's a fair point. exciting really exciting for a light heavyweight division that hasn't had a consistent champion since john jones yeah. agreed boys moving on to the co-main event brandon moreno defeats davison figueredo via third round tko Dr. Stoppage, um, boys, a looping left hand for Moreno lands inner phalangeal joint first to the eye of Davis mm. and Figueiredo. Figueiredo. <laughs> Figueiredo. Do you like I looked up what the inner phalangeal joint was? I did that research. Wow. Looked it up. You uh, pronounce it right, too. Ab- absolutely. It was a clean shot. No eye poke, as some may be speculating. Even Davison right there in the fight thought maybe he had got poked. Um, the eye, though, instantly started to swell there. Mm-hmm. Um, then between rounds, uh, the doctor came in, was forced to stop the fight, as that right eye of Figueredo had completely swollen shut. For some reason, my autocorrect took it to shit. So swollen <laughs> shit, that's crazy. <laughs> I've, I've never seen autocorrect correct it to a cuss word. That's interesting. Uh, uh, but though, you know what he's usually typing. Yeah, there you go. Um, but through the three rounds of this fight, um, it was really shaping up to be a close one, I think, though. Mm-hmm. Despite commentary, kind of thinking Moreno was yeah. running away with it. They even thought he was up 3-1. I think we all kind of felt like that that wasn't really the case. Um, all three judge had, judges had a 2-1 for Moreno through those first three rounds. I thought that was a very fair um, mm-hmm. scorecard. Um and though it was a doctor stoppage that came as a result from a legal and nicely placed punch by Moreno, I think given the fact that Davison was the champion and the fact that it was technically a doctor stoppage, in most situations, you could probably make a case that the champ gets a rematch. Right. <laughs> like, like it's just, it just hilarious, but obviously not here. Um, and just really happy for uh, Moreno, who, uh, you know, dealt with the James Krause stuff, had to not just move camps, cities, and coaches, but also had to deal with the mental grind of fighting someone who, he admittedly said he had no interest in fighting um, and overcame all that. Um, and also just really glad now that this division, this flyweight division, right, can finally move on. Um, mm-hmm. 
from this rivalry, which has been fantastic. You know, I don't I don't want to undersell the fact that these two, every time they've linked up, it's been a situation. Amazing. Yeah. Like, some of the best fights of the year every time they fight. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, just all around, you know, like I said, good for him, good for all of them. But any comments that you guys have on the fight or anything in there? Yeah, these guys just proved for a fourth time just how high level they are. Like I was sitting there like watching it, and I, I get why they did the fourth fight. But almost there was moments within the fight where I'm watching this, and he, there was one sequence in particular where Moreno threw a kick, Figgy caught it, took down Moreno. Moreno hits a tripod sweep into yeah. a wrestle up, and it's just you know epitomizing. Oh, I about that. It's, yeah. It epitomizes kind of the echelon of their skills, and I'm, in my head, I'm just like get it you guys are literally yeah. probably some of the best mma <laughs> yeah. fighters in the world and there's nothing between and, them. yeah and it was just um but you know that's not their fault necessarily that this is how it all went down right. but kudos to them for being fantastic so yeah and in a different world where neither one of them are in the same division or same promotion they might not they might not lose the way they're fighting now yeah. and you know you do feel bad for figgy because you know, he didn't, it's not like he got put out. He just, the doctor wouldn't let him. He would have fought with both eyes swollen shut yeah, if he but could. You can't I, mean, I mean, that thing was. No, for sure. But I'm just saying it for him, it probably doesn't, it's not great that you went out for, you know, something that your body basically. I don't know, man. He you. didn't, and he didn't really seem to, de- like, he wasn't really, like, upset about the doctor. I think he knew, like, he couldn't see out of that eye. I mean, there's yeah. just nothing more you can do. I thought he had a really good attempt on that heel hook in the, I think it was in yeah, the that second was a round. interesting exchange. He had some, some, and then the guillotine was tight for a second. He had some really good submission attempts. But I do think Moreno was um, slowly building his way yeah. into just kind of pulling away a little bit, but it sure. was close leading up to that. Um, but yeah, no, for Moreno, obviously super excited, um, to see him kind of pull that out. Like you said, after all he was facing and he's just one of those guys, it's hard to hate, you know, very lovable. Figueredo had the gloves off yeah. and, you know, John instantly was like, Oh, is he retiring? Is he, or maybe one brain out of my, one of you guys were asking, is he about to retire? And I was like, I instantly said like, man, that sucks because if anything, he could make a case to go up with right. how big he is. Uh, but then through his translator said that, uh, He's leaving the 125-pound division. That's why he took the gloves off. And he is going to move to Bantamweight. And I say, if, if we had a applause sound effect here, I would hit it right now because, man, yeah. him at 135 pounds, I think there is fantastic matchups for mm-hmm. him. I think his power is going to translate well. I told you guys, imagine, you know, the weight cuts have always been a thing for Figgy since he's been at 125 pounds. I don't think that's going to be an issue now. He, he can eat more. He can be more hydrated, maybe even carry a little bit more muscle. I mean, I'm just, him at 135 pounds, I think is going to be huge for him. I even said, you know, think about a guy like John Lineker, who was about half the height and size of Figueredo, but he went up to 135 with weight issues and uh, had success up there. Still having success. Yeah, over and one, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited for this next chapter for Figueredo, man. And, and I just you couldn't really ask for i mean that's a perfect move like yeah just move on from this completely like not even just this because he will and i think he recognizes too is uh he will never as long as moreno's champ he'll never get another title shot there um so it's a good move by him um and then apparently for moreno there was an interesting little altercation or exchange Mm -hmm. between him and pantoja uh backstage and moreno said that kind of started out playful and then uh Alexandre kind of got a bit aggressive, <laughs> sounds like. Or You're in Brazil, like, man. <laughs> yeah, he said he's like wanted to go like in March, and you know Moreno's like, dude, let me just go home right now. <laughs> you know, uh, but hey, that fight makes a lot of sense too. So, yeah. well, Moreno got attacked trying to leave the the yeah, cage, that, yeah, but that, that was he was not good. he was yelling a lot of stuff. He was real hype, and then. Um, even just like even going back to that main event, Glover telling the crowd, "Hey, yeah, you know, don't, sure. I know what you did to that guy. Don't do it to this guy." Yeah, well, um, Moreno was literally talking about 
like he understood why the crowd was upset like because right. he's you know it's his people yeah. so like it wasn't like he was dissing the crowd or anything when he was yeah. talking yeah. and so, he was laughing you know as he ran through when they yeah. were throwing stuff he was kind of laughing about it. i mean i it, it, it's not necessary it's not a good look but i mean he seemed to take it okay but yeah, yeah man i'm excited for the flyweights there's so many good flyweights coming up in mm-hmm. this division ready to go right now so let's go man we can move on from it and congrats to brandon moreno boys our next fight <laughs> Gilbert <laughs> defeats neil magni via first round submission boys Dorino Burns just cuts through neil magni like a hot knife and butter and with all respect to magni uh, who deserved to be in that fight. I think this is kind of the performance that we all expected from Gilbert here. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful head and arm choke gets it done in the end. Um, and I guess we'll just kick it straight to Brandon, who uh, was especially impressed by the finishing technique there by Burns. So just kind of talk us through that. What what stood out oh, to you? Oh, okay. So, well, first was, and I I think it was Glover was some doing something similar, at least I thought, in his fight. But um, the head and arm choke, I feel like it's, you see it a lot in MMA, but in particular, the, like what you what leads to that often is when you throw punches from the top you force the guy on bottom to bring his arms up to defend right which often allows that opening but secondly was the way he finished you notice that he hooked the the leg of magni and kind of held, fell off to the side and didn't completely transition to that complete side control and i just that stood out to me because i've been watching a lot of b-team videos and craig jones actually put an entire instruction not instructional but a class up on youtube demonstrating that technique yeah and, um it kind of prevents the little back roll escape which you had talked about which yuri hit on glover mm-hmm. you know in, in their match so it was just yeah. really cool to see um them that high level jujitsu getting thrown into the mma circuit so yeah <clears throat> yeah i said just this past week actually gordon had a video somewhere that i saw it might have been on his instagram where he talked about you know everybody always tries to do the answer the telephone and he's like that doesn't work you know you have to do this like kind of you kind of pendulum your hips and kind of roll out of it a little bit and yeah you know so it was kind of cool there to see that then like where you even shut that kind of down um and then you know for a guy like burns who is obviously level, man. yeah i mean just loves the sport of jiu-jitsu it just shows how high of a level he does it at which i think is important to remember now is gilbert is due for a massive massive fight i think uh called out colby covington makes all the sense in the world mm-hmm. um let's go on that i say we don't even need to speculate anymore i mean you could really give him anybody and he'll take it right. <laughs> i mean he's proven that he's not going to say no to anybody but uh colby's been especially quiet we talked about it last night ever since the whole masvidal incident don't really know where he's at um surely it's not a situation where he thinks he's holding out for a title um because that's not going to happen um but man him versus gilbert burns for number one you know we have the leon usman we'll talk about in a minute but it makes a lot of sense yeah, man i it, seen a burn said he'd seen covington at like a um, a casino or something. He said he was playing poker and he went over to talk to him and he said, uh, Colby was like real like, Hey man, I'm a big fan of you. You know, I put on a character to make money for my fights, but blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, he said he, he said, Burns almost said it was weird how nice he was to yeah. him. But a lot of people have said uh, No, that. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's all. But I haven't heard anybody even seeing Colby or talking to him anytime recently. So I'll be interested to see if, um, because, I mean, that's a perfect opportunity for Colby to do the psych. I was just doing it for blah, blah, blah mm. with well, his character. I mean, it's, that stuff aside, it's a perfect opportunity for Colby to get back to a title yeah. shot as quickly as possible. And, you know, one thing that we've always, if anything, been a little bit critical on Colby is, you know. Has his, fought anybody outside? Yeah, usually. like his rise to the top was so fast and sudden that, you know, he kind of 
yeah, he just kind of got thrusted into the the Usman thing where you're like, you know, and then you look at kind of who he beat to get there, and it's like, mm, you know, he kind of got to skip, you know, maybe six through three there, mm-hmm. through six through two or whatever, you know, where it's like that's really where you find out who your contenders are. So that'd be a great fight for Colby Man, and one if he wins it or either guy, whoever were to win that fight, mm-hmm. number one contender. I mean, it just makes a ton of sense. Um, <clears throat> boys, the next result, Jessica Andrade defeats Lauren Murphy via unanimous decision, 30-25 on two judges' scorecards. One judge gave it 30-26, and boys, UFC wins. Don't come more one-sided than that. Uh, what a performance by Jessica Andrade here, who absolutely dominated Lauren Murphy in a big victory, and I mean dominated to the point where it almost was a bit uncomfortable to watching Murphy mm-hmm. take a beating like that towards the end. Should have, um, could have been very stopped. Should have been. I mean, I mean, and like even the advice in her corner was like, you know, we got we got to close the distance, we got to get our hands on her, and I mean, it, hey, I'm not obviously criticizing the corner there in the moment we have the luxury we've talked about this as fans we're watching from the couch but it's like dude she's doing that and every time she comes in (laughs) she's getting pieced up like uh and and, but you know sometimes too i think maybe if you are in a corner though it's like having somebody that can kind of come in like yeah you know maybe this just isn't our night i don't know the referee um i think it was uh was it osiris maya (laughs) the yeah that had that one you know Maybe he could have stepped in. <laughs> I felt like he a couple times. He was just like dead watching <laughs> I should have stepped in. Now, this is one where I feel like after the end of the second, there was at any point in the third, you yeah. know, could have just stopped it. Um, what adjustments was she going to make in one more? I mean, you could just tell there was just nothing she had. Yeah, it was clear. And whether that was just, it was just Jessica's night and it just really wasn't Lauren's. I don't know if that's just the case between those two. Um, that that's how it's always going to be. Either yeah. way, I, I just feel like when you ha- have a fighter taking that much punishment and they're not giving anything back, she yeah. wasn't. You know, she really wasn't returning fire. No. She, at, at, by the third round, her hands weren't even really up to defend the right. strike. She had turned around at one point when she got yeah, hit. It's she like, did the pirouette. Yeah, so it's like, you know, yeah. this this needs to be done. And credit to Lauren Murphy, though. I mean, just a dog, Just dude. like Glover. Just took, yeah, exactly. Very reminiscent. Everything we said about Glover could be echoed here. I mean, just took a beating and kept, I mean, she did. She was there. She kept coming forward, even though she was taking a beating. I mean, she was trying everything she could, you know, to just get her hands on her and try to get her to the mat, but I mean... Andrade was throwing everything yeah, at her. Dude, Jump switch kicks. I just think... Spinning stuff, Supermans. You know, Jessica Andrade has been one of the best, you know, most consistently good female fighters for a long time. And that's, to me, in any weight class, you mm-hmm. know. But I feel like we're almost seeing another uh, evolution to her where it's almost like she's getting better. Her her victories are becoming almost more dominant in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, to dismantle somebody like Amanda Limoges the way she did in one round. And, and then going into this fight, you know, Lauren Murphy, not too far removed from a title fight, mm-hmm. uh, but did call out Zhang Wei Li in her post-fight there. Um uh, Love that fight, but I guess that would almost signal a move back down to 115 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, said, you know, she fought Whaley, I think, in China or whatever or something. Yeah, she, she said, come here. Come here and have that same she said type she, of... Yeah, she wants her in Brazil. Hey, I say sign me up. You know, I'd have to look through the 115-pound rankings. You know, I don't know if she'd be jumping the line there. She's obviously, you know, her last, like, what, five fights have been at, at uh, 125-pound mm-hmm. flyweight for Andrade, so... But, man, a, a fight between her and Wei Li, I mean, now's the time if you're Andrade. I mean, that makes yeah. a ton of sense if you can get that fight. It's just whether, you know, they're going to give it to her or not. But I like it. Yeah. No, I think – and maybe it's a thing for, for Valentina, like going against Valentina and feeling like, 
okay, she dominated me in an area. And the way Lee fight, maybe you feel like, okay, if I can keep this standing up, I know I've gotten better sure. there. Maybe it just seems like a more winnable sure. for her. And not to say that it is because those are both two very, very tough fights. But Andrade has been one of the most consistent fighters, let alone female fighters in the past, you know, three, four fights for her have been amazing. Yep. Boys, our last fight on the main card, Johnny Walker. Defeating Paul Craig via first round knockout. Uh, just a very uh, patient performance, I felt like, from Johnny Walker. You know, a lot, lot of maturity there. I felt like we've seen him kind of growing and, and getting better. Uh, Paul Craig uh, catches a kind of like a front kick there from Johnny Walker. Um, and Walker just uses his freakish power and throws a straight right that probably not many people could do. Just using his physical attributes there. But he just throws it right down the pipe as Craig's holding his leg. Lands flush. Craig goes down. Couple more uh, shots there. Gets it done for Johnny Walker. But, uh, man, this is a great first round win for him. And, mm -hmm. You know, I think he's probably going to get a really same thing. You know, he might get like a Jan Blachowicz next. I mean, mm -hmm. a Magomed. I mean, there's a case there for a number one contender fight for Johnny Walker. I mean, you just beat the number nine guy, right? Yeah, so. and, and and he's been looking pretty good. So I did see a picture. I don't know if it was a troll, but it was like, it looks like he walked out again in his shorts. Did you guys see that? No. <laughs> no. I, I, don't, I don't know if somebody reposted it from the Vegas how did, one. How did that happen last time? Like, dude, I, I, I saw that that happened, but I didn't understand what happened. I, I heard it was a miscommunication. Um, they didn't tell him he had to. I don't know. It's Johnny Walker, dude. The, yeah. the, guy, <laughs> the guy is crazy, and we love him for it, right? I mean, he is the right kind of crazy. So it's hard telling there. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't be mad at him and Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith doesn't have yeah. a fight right now. Yeah, He's fun. number six. I think that's a fight that makes, makes a, a lot of sense. Dude, that's a great fight. Great call there. I like that. Um, boys, real quick, uh, John, you got a, you got the card pulled up. Any more results that we want to talk about? I know one right off top, and that is Ishmael Bombi <laughs> defeating Terrence T-Rex McKinney via flying knee in the second round. Earthed him instantly, making the neon belly knockout of the year candidate list with that one. Holy cow, man! What a debut for Ishmael Bonfim, and then his brother Gabriel uh, getting a uh, first round guillotine finish for him as well. Uh, so both brothers winning oh, on that's this why card. I was confused by the names. Okay. It was the first um, time a brothers made their debut and won. <laughs> I saw the guillotine finish. That's why I was confused when he was brought this up. Both brothers impressive. Excited to see their year unfold. And I'm coining it right here. The Bomb Fiend Brothers right there. Nobody else has said it. I didn't see it anywhere on any social media. Copyrighted by home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Copyrighted by <laughs> So you heard it here. The Bomb Fiend Brothers are here. And I'm excited to see their year, man. That yeah. was what a way to kick it off. And, and I mean, Ishmael. I think I'm saying that right. Ishmael. Ishmael. Mm -hmm. Uh, just a mat. I mean, that's a huge win there over mm -hmm. T Rex McKinney. And then shout out to Bruno Ferreira defeating Anthony <sighs> Robocop. I mean, we could hit it again. I'm not going to do it, but geez, man. Just a missile. The thing is, you go back to when Chidi Injikawani hit Robocop with that knee and split his whole face open. Didn't knock him out. Mm -hmm. And nope. then Bruno Ferreira, man, whoa. Well, Another Rob contender series yeah, guy. Robocop was looking great up to that point. Yeah. I mean, it was a good fight. Um, he was landing a lot of his own, uh, really piecing him up. But Bruno just, it was just the perfect, I believe it was the left hand. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Just, that's how it works. Just ducked under. Yeah. And I, I don't feel like, Robocop felt like he was in danger until that left yeah. came through and just 
put them out. Um, and then, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, that, I mean, for just to kind of go on your Bomfine brothers, that Gabriel's 14 and 0 yeah. at a welterweight. And then even um, the Ismael's 19 and 3. Like these guys are coming so that's with what I huge seen. records. I, I actually had seen that the Gabriel they were saying was actually kind of the better one. Mm-hmm. And so, and when I saw Ishmael do that to, um, it's like the Pitbull Terrence, brothers. I was like, like, whoa, yeah, you know, yeah. if the other one's supposed to be better. <laughs> um, and then, uh, obviously, John mentioned Jelatin uh, Almeida earlier just dominates uh, Shamil Abdurrahimov. Man, I'll, I'm I'm sticking to my 205 for Jelatin Almeida. Mm-hmm. I still, you know, here, and I, and I, me and John kind of talked about it, you know, because John thinks, I think you're more like he can stay at heavyweight. And I, I mean, I think he can. Um, you know, Ishmael, or uh, not Ishmael, uh, Shamil is not a, a small heavyweight by mm-hmm. any means. He's yeah, weighed him by 30 pounds. But I just think as, as Gelatin moves up and he starts facing, like like I said, your Tai Tuivasas or mm-hmm. your Stipe Miocic or, you know, some of these other guys, it's like, man, I think he's going to have a little bit more problem. Um, and I just think he comes right in at 205 and he can be anybody in the top five. I mean, he is just that good. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, and I think right now, um, I don't know how old he is, um, but you know, right now, if you can still make 205, I say, why not? And He's you, 31, 31, you know, so he, you know, kind of entering his prime. If you can get down to that 205, man, you can always move up later. You know what I mean? So every single fight's been a finish. For him. He is fantastic, I mean, dude. Fantastic. He almost won our rookie of the year last year yeah. for a reason. Um, could have won it. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm on the hype train there. And then obviously lastly, before we move on, have to mention the legend Shogun who, uh, uh, did lose to Ihor Panteria. Am I saying that right? I believe so. Panteria, something like Panteria, that. Panteria. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, nonetheless, I mean, what a career from Shogun. Mm-hmm. I think I've said it before, but you know, he used to be a guy that would like literally like I would just be afraid of that dude when I was younger. Like yeah. this guy scares me. Like he's wearing these small shorts, just knocking people out. Mm-hmm. Man, just you know, you talk about the the last of a dying breed. I think uh, Ariel Hawani had said that he is the last Pride fighter on mm-hmm. the UFC roster, a guy that fought in Pride. So literally the end of an era there goes out with Shogun Hua and uh, no surprise to me that he's the last one. Uh, just a warrior mm-hmm. and a uh, great career out of him. Obviously, Pride champion, UFC champion. Um, people giving Ihor a little flack there for the celebration, you know, maybe saying he should have read the room. Man, he just won a UFC fight against a legend. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think he chilled out a little bit, you know, once he calmed mm-hmm. down. But, I mean, you can't blame a guy for the adrenaline there. Like, Probably one of the weirdest dances I've ever seen. Yeah. I've seen Valentina <laughs> do full-on uh, choreography. So, But, yeah, I, you know, and just to kind of – to. On the card, you know, you had Shogun retiring, you had Glover retiring, but I think you also seen this influx of Brazil talent on this undercard of shows like, hey, you know, they might they have a comeback coming when you have these Bonfim brothers and you have Gel In and Bruno Fiera, like you have, yeah. I mean, Johnny Walker making, you know, solidifying himself back as like who we thought he could had the potential to be on Draj, Gilbert Burns. Like it was just a yeah. really good showing for Brazil. And I think that they're showing that they're about to be back into the mix of champions. Brazil is back. We'll see. Uh, Brandon update us on our scores. All right. So we had a lot of points last night. So I am still in last place, but I'm on the board with four. I have four points. You nice. two are tied yeah. with eight points apiece. So eight, eight and four. All righty. Um, uh, and, Heading to our Neon Belly podcast, Verdict MMA Fantasy League. Our boy Nolan is in first place. 
uh, for ours. John, you are in second place, and I am in third. Well, me and you are tied for second. I don't really understand how they do it. I think it has to do with the LP and not the XP score. Uh, but me and mm-hmm. you are tied with 26, Nolan with 30. Do they combine the LPs? Because I was in, like, second last week. I'm not sure. I'm, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Like or is this, it just by fights? I don't so, know. This, okay. this first season, we're just learning it. That's okay. the thing. That's, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're learning I it. I made a big jump. I was in fifth last week. Yeah, me I put and, up a lot of points this week. Yeah, me and you tied for second. So, uh, once again, get in there. Um, I think I have decided – or figured out what we're going to give the winner of this, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to debut it next week. So nothing. Cra- it's not like it's, it's a lizard. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a gecko. Remember those finches we gave you guys? Yeah. Pretty sure they all got something. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so next week, um, I should be able, hopefully, to announce what the winner of this is going to get. Um, it'll be cool. It's, it is cool. It's nothing crazy, but make sure this week, cause you don't want to get so far behind that it's impossible for you to catch up. So get the verdict MMA app, get in our uh, fantasy league. Let's go boys. Are you ready to move on to our MMA trade deadline? Let's get it. Okay. So just a quick disclaimer. Uh, this is totally for fun people. And we're by no means suggesting that any of these are actually possible. Um, You know, we as fans obviously are not privy to fighter contracts, fighter pay, none of that. So we understand that contractually some of these may not work. Like, I don't know what makes sense. You know, we're just trying to figure out what trades that to us personally on paper would make some sense for both parties. I'll speak for myself as I feel like every trade I did, I feel like, both promotions gain, and I feel like every fighter involved gains, mm-hmm. if that makes sense in some some way. For sure. But per usual, if you think we're crazy, you can let us know. If you got your trade ideas, drop it on the post, uh, the cover photo. That we mm-hmm. you know when we post those co- cover photos where it shows you know the episode and the headlines and stuff. Um, that's a place if you ever want to comment on anything publicly, go for it. Yeah. Um, but you know you and, know. And for like newer fans, this is a. Um, Building off of what happened um, sure. some years ago where Mighty Mouse Johnson was traded yes. for Ben Askren um, in a straight-up swap of champions. Yes, thank you for putting that out there. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so that's kind of the the idea. And there's a Twitter page. I can't. I don't know if it's a guy or a company. I cannot remember, so forgive me. But um, they kind of consistently do these fairly often. They kind of come up with fun little trades. So that's, that's kind of where this come from. comes from, I mean. Um, we all three have different fighters. We made that a thing. Uh, we didn't all want to be trading for the same guy or girl. So um, let's actually start with uh, – we'll just – each do so don't do all three of them we'll just do one 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 okay okay Okay. let's start with john what is your first trade so for my first trade i'm having michael venom page straight up for colby covington uh michael venom page is 35 he's ranked number two at welterweight in bellator colby covington is 34 he's also ranked number two in the ufc um there's like you said there's not a lot of info on like salaries coley's probably like 300 to 500k um mvp isn't too far off um they only have losses to their promotions champions except for colby does have a loss in 2017 um both seem to be able to dominate you know to beat the respective divisions um contenders except for the champions for mvp having a champion like leon edwards in the ufc makes a potential of mvp versus leon edwards in london being probably one of the mm, hugest MVP. huge hugest pay-per-views and probably gates ever yeah he also provides a fresh contender in a division that's liable to lose some guys to age ranking and retirement like a masvidal a chiesa or a, a kamaru mm-hmm. 
not to mention that there's a ton of exciting matchups for him, like Wonder Boy, Jeff Neal, uh, Leon Usman, Jeff uh, Masvidal. Uh, the list goes on there. For Colby, he gets a chance to become the face of a promotion. He would be a, have great matchups with the top of the Bellator's welterweights that are also wrestling heavy. Uh, he could also elect to drop the character that he seemed to create it, or like a Danny Sabatello in Bellator, lean into it and stay full on heel. And it would give Scott Coker the perfect mouthpiece to stir things up with the UFC as he keeps pushing his Bellator has the best fighters in the world narrative. I just feel like there's still good fights for Colby in the UFC, though. That's like my only like thing. I love bringing MVP in. Um, it, it just I feel like there's still like like I said like even thinking about the Gilbert fight, right? Like that excites me way more than MVP versus Gilbert. <laughs> you just gotta get Colby to fight more. That's the biggest I agree problem. with that. Now mm-hmm. I do agree with that. I do agree with that. I think my biggest selling point to this is like MVP versus Leon. And then it's fun. Um, for Colby, like you said, it's it's a chance for him. Because like, I think he would just dominate Bellator. I, I don't think it would be very tough for him. Um, but would that be fun, though? You know what I mean? Like, But that's why I was saying if he stays on this heel turn and being like a mouthpiece of like basically dogging the UFC because they you know traded him or let him go in this situation. I'm kind of just leaning into that narrative. Brandon, what is your first trade? So my first one, I don't know why. This was the very first one that pops into my head. I feel like it makes perfect sense so Cade Rotolo he, uh, this one when you said this one yeah, I was like yeah. really interested to see where you were going to go so with this. he's just signed him and his brother Ty could you put both both of them on here really but they, they signed with one and they're doing grappling I believe they have some MMA fights on on their contract as well so. um but I think it would be really really fun they're sitting at about 145 pounds to my knowledge I think we should swap Cade and Chase Hooper Oh, um, okay. I think that, and now I had a little asterisk on here. I think you could put Cade on a developmental contract. I know the MMA's done, the UFC's done sure. that rather. I think that makes a lot of sense because they are obviously very green. But Cade Rotolo just won an ADCC championship, Looked finishing great. all of his competitors. Um, he's throwing hands with his brothers, so he's not, <laughs> no, he's not a stranger to it. Um, but those guys, what, what I said on here was go watch Cade and his brothers' matches, any of their jujitsu matches, and tell me that doesn't translate to MMA as a super fun personality and style because I can almost guarantee that they're going to bring that same energy, that same dyna- dynamicism, if that's a word, yeah. um, to their fighting that they do to the jiu-jitsu. And a lot of clinch work. Yeah, and I think it makes sense for Chase. You know, give, you know he's he's done what he's done in the UFC. I think, one, they're always welcome to bring in on more people, especially grapplers, mm. and Chase mm. is a good grappler. He just had that match with uh, – Clay Guida yep. did really well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that makes a lot of sense for him, too, because he really clears, you know, he shines there, and that's a organization that he can do that. Sure. So. That's a good I, put together. I was prepared to hate anybody you said because <laughs> I'm like, who is Brandon going to give up in the UFC for a guy that's never fought in MMA, and you're going to ask this guy to, like, cut his teeth in the MMA? I feel like that was a good little... It's No, it's, no, it's perfect. Yeah, no, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like you actually, with Chase, I'm like, well, that makes a ton of sense because that's another guy who's kind of done the same thing in a sense, mm-hmm. like, kind of, you know got his licks in, in, in the biggest organization and it makes, and from the grappling standpoint, it makes sense for him to go. Cause he can go do that over there. And yeah, let's see what, you know, Cade has. I mean, I don't know how committed they are to the MMA thing. They, I hope. they said it's not a matter of if it's when. Yeah. I, and so, I, I mean, I, I'm just I, using their, yeah, their, no, their output. So. I, I do like it. I, I was prepared to not like it, but I do like <laughs> it. My first trade boys, I am going to send Christian Lee to the UFC and one FC will get in exchange the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jong and Rafael Dos Anjos RDA mm. um, goes without saying that Christian Lee probably one of the brightest young stars in MMA right now um, and seeing how he is a double champ for one FC he is their welterweight and lightweight champion 
Um, which worth notice, uh, noting welterweight, I think is, uh, for them is, or lightweight's 170 and welterweight's 185. They're, mm. they're a little bit with the hydration stuff. It's a little different, uh, but I figured it would probably take two big name stars to convince one to let him go. He's got two belts, right? Just right. kind of made sense. Um, and I'm still not even sure if that would be enough, you know, to get him away. Uh, but Christian has openly spoke about wanting to eventually get to the UFC. So I think if you're one FC and you know that you're going to lose him at some point, you may consider taking some assets for him on your roster, like Korean zombie and RDA, mm-hmm. you know, it goes without saying, Korean Zombie would be a massive star at one with his Asian base, with, which is an Asian based promotion. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and you know, for the Zombie, you know, um, if if he uh, he or for Zombie, he got his title shot with Volk. It didn't go well. Um, he definitely is in the latter half of his career, and I'm just not sure what's really left for him in the UFC at this mm-hmm. point. You know, and I think it'd be really cool for him to finish up his career a little closer to home, um, and also with one, he could do some other things after MMA like grapple, uh, where once again he can make a ton of money because he's the Korean Zombie, uh, but he also doesn't have to go through the rigors of you know a fight camp and things like that. Then for RDA, I think you're getting a legit contender for the one lightweight championship, which Christian would be vacating. And I think RDA would love nothing more right now in his career than to get another championship run. Mm -hmm. And obviously, if they're UFC, or if you're the UFC, you know, uh, the Zombie and RDA are legends and big names that you can use to sell fights. But you have to understand what you're getting in the 24-year-old Christian Lee, right? And it could be a risk moving on two big stars from your promotion like that. But the hope is that the hype is real behind Lee. um, And you got him for years to come. And you can continue to promote him. So I love that. That's my... That would be a good one. I like. I guess I didn't really consider two people well, i guess i did a little bit with my last one but trading more than one yeah i just think it's gonna it would take a lot you know for yeah. to get like i said but he is going to leave he, he's mentioned that what was that i don't that's why i was like are you laughing or no i breathed into my nose and okay I had a little... okay <laughs> john what is your second trade all right for my second trade i have i'm sure i'm sure it's pronounced rainier de ritter he's the one fc middleweight champion uh for paulo costa and dominique reyes Whoa. Um, DeRitter, like I said, Jeez. Ritter is the middleweight champion. He's 32. Uh, Costa is the number six guy at middleweight, and Dominic Reyes is the number 13 at light heavyweight. Um, you know, Ritter's one of the – he actually was undefeated until he just challenged for the light heavyweight title where he lost. Obviously, um, both of – I mean, I think both parties exchange a lot of – they get a lot out of this exchange for different reasons. For Ritter, he's coming off his first loss. Um but he's dominated their middleweight division at a high because very high level of grappling. He could be a very interesting contender for a division that's seen the same group of top five for the past couple of years. And I think his style would be a very tough matchup for a strike heavy top contenders. Um, and then even with some of the grapplers coming up like a bow or, or some of these other guys, his level of grappling would make that interesting for Costa. He's had a rough relationship with the UFC as of late with contract dispute and issues making weight, even dropping out of his latest rumored fight against Robert Whitaker, putting him in a position to possibly get passed up for future opportunities. Besides his loss to former champion Adesanya, he too lost his attempt at light heavyweight to Marvin Vittori after missing weight. Um, because Costa lacks the championship status of Ritter, I also threw in Dominique Reyes as a kicker to even out the trade. Reyes, after having a close fight with the light heavyweight GOAT John Jones, has since struggled in, to return to form, losing his next three fights to top-level contenders. But he still brings a wealth of experience, and a change of promotion could be what he needs to get back on track. 
So I'm not super familiar with the 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 Ritter, the, Ritter, the guy. But man, giving up Paul Costa seems like a big. Ass. I mean, just he's just not somebody that's on my radar. That might be crazy to some people who are more you know in tune mm-hmm. with who he is or have seen him fight. But yeah, that's that's pretty big to give up Paulo Costa for the guy. Well, Costa's not even fighting for you right now, though. Yeah. He wants a different contract. You have these weight issues. It's a good point. It could be a good time to move him on if 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 he is just kind of too difficult to work with, you know. And, yeah, and, and Ritter's getting, uh, he's twelve and one. Like the guy's sure. just been dominating people. A lot of like I said, he's a high high level grappler, um, and he's he's the type of guy who has gone. You know, he's going up to take chances, so he's that level. Yeah. So I just felt like throwing in Dominique Reyes. I think Reyes in, in a different promotion. You know, getting away from the pressure of the UFC could be good for him as well. I like it. Brandon, what is trade number two for you? All right, trade number two is Darian Caldwell for either, you could do either or both, Edson Barbosa or Dominic Cruz. Okay. I'll, I'll kind of explain why. So, um, Darian Caldwell, he's fought for Bellator. He's actually won their band and weight title. Um, he's currently on a three-fight losing skid since he lost it. Um uh, a few fights ago, he lost to AJ McKeevy and neck crank. He was kind of mm. known for that, but he's a very dynamic wrestler. Um, he's 35, and with a three fight losing skid, I kind of put him. I think of him as I did kind of Chandler when they made that trade. Mm-hmm. Um, in that you know he is on a little bit of a skid, but he's a former champion. Um, he's very fun in the cage to watch fight. And then I think that the trade with Cruz, again a former champion, um, but also he hasn't really been his best self as of late and he's a 35er and then you have um barbosa same thing not a champion but very well known done a lot of work in the ufc had some better showings as of late so i think it could make some sense for both of those guys to get a fresher look and um, maybe a bellator scene like that whereas caldwell much like chandler i think injecting him into the ufc adds a lot of fun and personality to the 45 and 35 pound divisions potentially um it also gives caldwell that new look potentially to see you know what can we kind of rewrite this story a little bit because again he's a former champ it's not like he went to bellator and just "Ah, i haven't had you know a good Mm -hmm. run it's just you know he past three have been a little rough but right. aj mckee and the other two guys are obviously top he, shelf so he, he was a d1 wrestler right yeah very famous match him and brent metcalf you want to go back and watch that when he won his uh senior year uh ncaa championship against brent and if you know who brent metcalf was dude that guy was a monster yeah. and he who was would you real, like to see him fight in the ufc like who's Caldwell? Your, like, yeah you're like a number like, 35 or 45 30, let's, let's do yeah, 35 we'll think, yeah, 35 and if you had to give him like a debut fight right now without looking at the rankings um just a style match Matchup or like wrestling versus wrestling or U- striker versus need, wrestling. Usman needs a fight. Yeah, Usman. I guess. The, um, or is it Umar? I Umar. I always get the thirty-five one. Yeah. Um, that's a tough one. <laughs> Probably a wrestler. Yeah. I mean, I'd give him somebody who's got a heavy res- wrestling base. I'm struggling to think because like O'Malley's getting booked up. Um, Jan's booked up. Davishili's I mean, booked up. They don't have to be booked up. Just yeah, like who just you want to see him fight because this would take a minute if this was to technically it's all fantasy. even happen. O'Malley's for, for some reason standing out in my mind just because right, everyone yeah. wants to see him fight Rob. a wrestler. Rob would be fun. Yeah, but he's got a lot of power, so mm-hmm. I think that translate well translates well too to it. So he's not just going to sit there and you know sit on top of guys. He's right. able to knock him out too. All right, nice. my next one. This one I'm probably most excited to see your guys' reaction <laughs> to. So mine is. AJ McKee to the UFC and Bellator gets Justin Gaethje. Um, I wanted to do one that I kind of thought might ruffle some feathers a bit and uh, trading away an asset like Justin Gaethje would be a really bold move for the UFC. Uh, but there's no, there's no doubt though that the Bell- Bellator loves uh, AJ McKee. You know, they always refer to him as a homegrown talent. So I'm sure it would take something massive like yeah, he Justin. just resigned a big contract. I mean, yeah. So you know, it it would take something massive for him to to even get 
A.J. McKee away from them. It would take a Justin Gaethje, I think. And as John said, I know Bellator just re-signed A.J. to a new contract. He's booked to fight in the lightweight Grand Prix. But I'm kind of taking the soccer approach to this trade. And what I mean by that um, is soccer teams will re-sign a player uh, nearing the end of their contract, even if they're open to moving that player, just so they that player doesn't leave on a free and they can get something out of that guy mm-hmm. before he moves on, if that kind of makes sense. So that's kind of my idea here is they just kind of re-signed him because they're going to try to get a big asset out of him um but my thought here is uh for the ufc justin's 36 years old um he's now had two title shots at the undisputed title and he's lost both of them to two different opponents and two opponents with very different skill sets as well um he has a very dangerous fight with rafael faiziv coming up where if he loses you're talking him realistically getting another title shot could take two years if ever you know Mm -hmm. um and then by that point he's even drawing closer to 40 years old uh so if you're the ufc this could be a great time to cash in on a mega star and a mega talent like Gaethje for a guy who's 10 years younger and has all the makings to be a huge star in this sport. You know, you're getting a guy in AJ McKee who's just 27 years old, has a 20 and one record. He's a four, a former Bellator featherweight champion. Mm-hmm. Um, and though he's seemingly committed his immediate future anyways to the 155 pound division, it can't be understated that he's capable of fighting at both featherweight and lightweight. Mm-hmm. And in a time where super fights are a big deal, I think that's a huge asset for the UFC to have a guy. I mean, we're getting ready to see a big one with, you know, Islam and Volk, right? Mm-hmm. But a guy that's willing and can go, uh, fight both of those. Um, and, uh, Excuse me. I also think, okay, Justin has expressed um, that he may not have as much time left either uh, in the sport. So, you know, if he's only thinking like maybe four or five fights left, you know, there's some massive fun fights for him in Bellator. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my fantasy world, this trade is going to happen before that lightweight Grand Prix kicks off in September. And if you add Justin Gaethje, it just becomes even more massive. That, that Grand Prix does. Mm-hmm. And if he's taken AJ McKee's spot, boys, that means in his Bellator debut and in the lightweight Grand Prix, the Bellator lightweight Grand Prix, he would fight Patricky Pitbull for his first match. And I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, that one just sells and writes itself, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would argue, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, that there is no bigger or funner opponent for Justin in the UFC right now than Patricky Pitbull. I know yeah. Fizeev coming up, you know, that's a fun fight, you know, what but whether he wins or loses after that, him versus, you know, Pat- you know, Patricky Pitbull, I mean, that would just be chaos. Mm. I mean, sign me up. Yeah, I, I feel like um Gaethje's very similar to a Chandler as far as like what he brings and um just the level of excitement. Obviously we've seen how what they fight together looks like. And we've seen Michael Chandler against um, you know, Patricky as well so I and I think that could be just as exciting so I'm definitely I think that's definitely be I don't know if Bellator would let go of AJ McKee I don't know either um and especially if it wasn't like number one contender for number one contender or champ for champ but I do think that both of those guys would be very exciting in these other leagues yeah honestly this may just be me like a personal thing I've almost wonder if you need more than Gaethje to get McKee over here just because Gaethje to to me you know like you said win or lose against Faziv to me, it's like, all right, well, not like you said, you're two years right. away from a title shot. You're not going to change weight classes. What are you bringing me? I've yeah. seen you fought Poirier, Ferguson. You know, I've seen you fight almost everybody sure. in your division, aside from these young killers. And um, so for me, it's kind of like, what else do you Maybe really Maybe throw in Tony. I just, sure, somebody. Well, I just think, too, you know, if if he did the Grand Prix and you got Usman Nur- Nurmagomedov on 
and Justin Gaethje as a pay-per-view, that'd probably be one of their biggest selling pay-per-views ever. And I think ever. that's part of what, I mean, what I'm getting at is, you know, Gaethje, when you look at the 55-pound division in the UFC, it's like, okay, there's tons of guys that I'd love to see him match up with, but that just doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Like, Fazeev yeah. surprised me, but if you inject him into a new organization like that, then you, you've got a plethora oh, of fun matchups. Mm -hmm. There's so many fun matchups yeah. over there for him. So, John, what is your third and final trade that you would make right now? All righty. It's actually somebody we uh, you just mentioned recently. It's John Lennon. Um, former Bantamweight champion for 1FC. He got stripped of the title for missing weight uh, for his last fight, but that fight ended in a no contest for, uh, got kicked in the nuts, I guess, um, for Rob Font. Um, number six, Bantamweight in UFC. Uh, Lineker's fight purses weren't available, but he was a champion. Um, Rob Font's kind of a middle-of-the-road 150 type of guy. The main reason I put this trade together is to give John Lineker another chance in the UFC. Mm -hmm. Although he missed, he had weight his uh, weight issues have led for him to get cut by the UFC. They aren't completely set straight, obviously. Um, he's still one of the most exciting bantamweights in the world and, and would provide some amazing matchups in the current division. The idea of him versus like a Peter Yan, Sean O'Malley, Cheeto is very enticing. Um, for Rob Font, his involvement in the trade is more being a victim of circumstance to facilitate the trade. He's a top 10 fighter but has struggled against top five guys and could possibly shine in a promotion where he'd be a bigger name. Um... For the ultimate matchup I would like to see for John Lineker and then off of, off of last night is where I really this really hit home for me is him versus Davis and Figueredo for his bantamweight debut <laughs> would be bonkers. Just them two landing bombs on each other would be amazing. Um and I think Rob Font could do really well in a in a promotion where he would be probably the bigger name. Don't disagree with that. Brandon, your third and final. All right, so my last one was a little bit of a funky one. So um hear me out. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna take Kayla Harrison. We're going to trade her to the UFC for, we're going to send over Misha Tate and Holly home. And this is purely, there's a very, very singular goal with this. And the way this has to work out is Kayla has to rematch and avenge her loss that she has. So she's a little bit more enticing as far as a matchup sure. with Amanda Nunes. And we're going to make a catchway bout for her and Nunes. So, but that's, that's the goal is to see them two fight just because I feel like Nunez especially, she's kind of running out of contenders, which as she usually is. And there was a fun little blurb there with Pena, but we've talked about her and Kayla for so long. I, I still feel like Kayla has a lot to offer yeah. um, as far as star power and things like that. Um, so I think it makes sense, too, given Misha and Holly's age and then where they're at in their career, and they have some star power as well. Yeah, it'd be big for you're, PFL. You're getting it. Yeah, so I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think I would actually disagree. I don't think Kayla needs to avenge that loss really? for the Amanda fight to still be massive. Maybe not, but I think it would... I think if you were going to write up a contract, that would be a fun little part. Sure. Could be. My final trade, boys. The UFC is going to regain Gegard Musasi. Mm. And Bellator is going to get Darren Till. Uh, this one, um, this one's a bit different than I feel... Uh, like my other trades were more like moving on older stars for younger talent. And this one is kind of the opposite, right? Um, I also wanted to do a trade like John did with Lineker that kind of brought somebody back to the UFC. Um, and I figured who better to bring back than Gegard Mousasi, uh, who, if you remember, left the UFC on a four-fight win streak. And since then has probably been one of the most successful fighters to leave the UFC for any other promotion uh, with the likes of like Ryan Bader and Corey Anderson as well. 
Um, but to me, bringing Gegard back right now makes so much sense for the UFC middleweight division. Uh, he would inject something new into that division and fun, and I think he can compete at the top straight away. Uh, he did just lose his Bellator middleweight belt, so the timing could also make sense as you know, he doesn't have to walk away as the champion, though I'm sure he probably wants his rematch for his belt. Um, but then I think also for Darren Till, uh, it could just be a good move for him to get outside of the UFC and just try something different. It seems like something is off for him. I think he needs a big change in his career. Um, you know, he's lost five out of his last six and hasn't won a fight since 2019. He's been plagued with injuries, and I just think a fresh start, uh, fresh start with new goals uh, could be what a guy like him needs. And, I mean, Darren Till is still a massive star and a big draw, and if you're Bellator, you know, maybe moving on a guy in Gegard who's turning 38 this year, even though he's been a great champion for a guy in Darren Till who's just turning 30, and if he can refine the potential uh, that we all saw early in his UFC career, it would be huge for Bellator. Mm. Um, and, you know, you'd have a massive star on your hands at that point. Um, and probably a future champion. I mean, if he could regain it, but I just feel like, man, he's tried there until so much, you know, even the Hamza stuff, right? Like it just seems like something's not clicking. I just think he needs a big change and new, like mm -hmm. I said, just new goals, you know? So mm -hmm. that was my last one. Yeah, I would. I definitely wouldn't mind seeing Gegard against some of the top guys. Oh, it'd be so fun. And then same for Till. I wouldn't mind seeing him, you know, finding it yeah. again and, you know, really blossoming over there. And I've got about five more rattling in my brain so we can do this again maybe in a couple months we'll revisit it uh, john are you ready for the news let's get it going on the news mm, going on the news mm -mm. if you don't like it brandon will punch you and give you a bruise <laughs> all right fellas to add to our coverage for francis and ganu uh, we wanted to give his side of what happened which he outlined in his interview with ariel hawani stating that the ufc offered him around eight million to fight john jones but francis also wanted some additional things that were non-negotiable for him including in or in cage sponsorships for all fighters health insurance for all fighters and a fighter advocate representative at ufc meetings since the news drop a lot of fighters including john jones have came out in support of him uh, multiple promotions have also came forward offering him contracts including pfl and bare knuckle and then the biggest offer coming in form of boxing heavyweight champion tyson fury offering to fight francis in a cage with four ounce gloves with mike tyson as the referee my favorite part is the mike tyson as yeah. the referee yeah <laughs> i mean him and four ounce gloves with tyson fury is uh it's interesting is scary. just a boxing match yeah that's yeah. what i didn't understand like mm. a boxing match in a cage with four ounce gloves like i mean i get it but like let's at least do some kicks yeah like i feel yeah. like at least maybe some clinch like the last some, one like yeah. I don't know how that works in boxing, but it allows a little bit of grappling in that way. Yeah, if there was, like, a modified rules to it, that would be cool. But I feel like at that point, it becomes a freak show, and you're just losing the point of the money fight because, like, I don't think people would be as interested as if it was just a boxing match. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, at that point, you're basically just bare knuckle but with gloves, I feel like, when you're yeah. away from the ring setup and yeah. the bigger gloves. But I do think it was interesting that, But you the know, big fight is, to me, the crossover fight where yeah. either Francis goes all in on boxing or Fury comes all in on MMA. And, and on MMA, um, and I actually think for some reason the boxing fight's bigger. Yeah, I mean, so. if you're PFL, if you offer a one for one for Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou to do one boxing and one MMA, yeah, could be that, fun. that, that could, has a lot that of potential. Could work too, yeah, um, but it was it was interesting to see Francis' side of uh, what happened and what uh, allowed him to walk away, essentially. Sure. And then even like somebody like John Jones to show him support, where yeah. obviously that could have been his opponent, but obviously John knows about sitting out for what you want, right? Um, to move back in, uh, the, for the 
James Crowell stuff to move back into trust for the Canadian betting agency. The UFC is partnered with U.S. or U.S. Integrity to monitor, identify, and analyze unusual betting activity. The UFC has also doubled down on their fighting code of conduct, further tightening the ban of betting by fighters and anyone with ties to fighters. Um, kind of just trying to get that out the way. I feel yeah. like uh, just button that up. Um, UFC announces a multi-year deal to be official broadcasters of the ADCC via Fight Pass. That'll include trials and other tournaments. Um, really big for the fight pass here, obviously. Yeah, big for ADCC. I, you know, <clears throat> I was telling Brandon yesterday, I really hope that, you know, we get a more organized ADCC through this and, you mm-hmm. know, a little bit better on times and scheduling and right. things like that. Uh, but we'll see. It, it is huge for ADCC. And it, and that's a big get for the UFC. ADCC is massive globally. And I think one of the, the common critiques of ADCC in the past has just always been the way the schedule's shaken out. Like right. it just it doesn't seem like they can ever keep things to a decent schedule. Right. I think UFC, if they're good in anything, it's generally about keeping things on track as yeah. far as how that goes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I would think it'll be a good mix. Yeah, that just give it a little bit more organization and just a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, whatever the yeah whatever the UFC does, just we need more of that mm-hmm. <laughs> in eighty in ADCC. Um, also in big jujitsu news, Gordon Ryan signing a multi-fight seven-figure contract with Flow Grappling. Yeah, which is a, interesting for UFC to announce this right after that. Obviously, trying to probably keep up with those numbers. Um, it's huge for um for jujitsu in general, seven-figure contract. Yeah, um, absolutely, and hopefully there's a and I mean Gordon's even talked about that, but hopefully there is a trickle down for you know more of these athletes in in that aspect. Mm. One other thing for jujitsu, I forgot to type it in here, but I just remembered as we were talking about these trades was uh, Mikey. How do you say his last name? Musamechi. Um, Musamechi. I don't know if you guys seen, but he tore somebody's leg completely. Yeah, off. you were talking about that. Uh, like ACL, MCL. Like he yeah. tore everything it off. It was in one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's obviously been a good contender for them. Um, we also have some some huge fight announcements, um, which we got. It happened right after we left the pod last time. It's kind of been a curse for us. But Leon Edwards will face Kamara Usman for the third time for the welterweight title in London in March. Um, obviously, there were some issues with Kamaru and his hand. Didn't know how that was going to happen. Yeah. So this definitely sets that together. Uh, Peter Yan fighting Marab Dwellishvili for the f- uh, March 11th. That's another huge one for that yeah. division. And for Marab, who didn't know what he was going to do with Aljo, obviously being the champ. Mm-hmm. Valentina Shevchenko will face Alexa Grasso for the flyweight title on UFC 285. Yep. So that gives you your co-main event for there. Pedro Munoz is going to be fighting Chris Gutierrez April 15th. Big fight for Chris Gutierrez, who obviously is coming off of the retirement fight for uh, Frankie Edgar. Um, and uh, Song Yadong versus Ricky Simone, April 22nd. Huge fight. Uh, great to see Ricky get a, a big opponent and see if Song can bounce back from his last loss. Uh, Saeed Marmagomedov will be fighting Jonathan Martinez March 11th. Big big step up for Saeed and a big chance for Jonathan Martinez to get a, a good name under his belt. Jared Gordon versus Bobby Green, April 22nd. Raul Ros- Rosas Jr. will be fighting Christian Rodriguez at UFC 287, uh, making his next fight. Uh, and then Edson Barbosa will be fighting Billy Q April 15th. Um, boxing news, Jake Paul is fi- supposed to be fighting Tommy Fury again. I saw that. It's supposed to be happening uh, in Abu Dhabi, I believe. They don't have a date yet. And my last bit of news is the King of Rio, Jose Aldo, getting added to the modern wing of the UFC Hall of Fame last yeah. night. Two-time featherweight champion, WC featherweight champion. Most UFC featherweight title defenses with seven. Uh, it was great to see him get that, get his flowers in Brazil. Yeah. It's definitely a very emotional moment for him. So Absolutely. congratulations for him. Definitely deserves it. Next thing on Jake Paul, though. 
also training jujitsu right now. Yeah, so, at Altos. Yeah, getting ready. Taking I like it. Serious. I like it. I told you guys. I bet, I bet he's he, he's got the wrestling background. We all know that usually helps mm-hmm. big time. Gives you a little jump start there in jujitsu. So glad to see he's taking that serious. At least I hope he consistently keeps training too. I hope that wasn't just like a one time thing to try to you know. Just mm-hmm. for the Instagram or social media, there. He did fight AJ Agazarm in the cage once. That was a weird one. Yeah, that You've was kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it was just kind of weird. He kind of got dogged though. Well, he was a lot smaller. Back yeah, then, yeah. <laughs> John, what is our song of the week? In uh, in in love for Jamal Hill, man. Sweet dreams by the Urimenix. It's the original one, not the okay, mm-hmm. not the uh, Marilyn Manson one. Did one go Marilyn Manson? <laughs> no. Brandon was like so, like so happy for a minute. I thought he thought you were gonna say <laughs> you said not Marilyn Manson. Yeah. I like the original. It has that more house feel. Yeah. That doom, 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 and he just doom, went. Doom, doom. Doom. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what is your one for the people as well, John? Uh, my one for the people is I don't know, man. It's been a weird week. I don't really have a lot this one. A weird week. What does yeah. that mean? I don't know. It's just work's just been weird. Everything's been weird. What's been weird? It's been fifty degrees and now it's snowing. It's just been a weird week. Uh-huh. I haven't talked about weather in a minute, so there's yeah, that. So. That, that's it. Um, one oh, for the people. Uh, <laughs> so I guess one for me, I was thinking about this because uh, I kind of go on tangents with, with clients sometimes through the weeks. And um, one that I've kind of been hitting hard lately for depression specifically, some I two un, very underutilized but very, very effective um, ways to kind of help mitigate symptoms are exercise. Mm. Like, people don't do that enough. Um, that's one. And number two is fish oil. There has been mm. tons of studies to demonstrate that huh. long-term use of fish oil, omega-3s, um, actually... And, like, a supplement, like a... Like yeah, a like, a, like a pill form okay. or oil solution, whatever you want to do. Take or a just shot. Eat, eating lots of fish and salmon, that kind of thing. Um, but they've done studies eating over long and two little periods of, like, 12 to 18 months, and they've tr- shown that by that point... The omega threes in exercise both actually knock the socks off of off of most your basic antidepressants, Zoloft, mm. Prozac. So, yeah. um, nice. and you can buy those at CVS, Walgreens, and you can walk outside and get some pretty good exercise just walking around. So, and Brandon, for those that don't know, is a mental health. What is your, what is your job title? Licensed mental health counselor. Yeah. So LMHC. he's got his masters. You excited about the Eagles? Dude, I am excited. Um, how are you guys feeling about your? Oh wait, you guys are. Hey, you guys are done. But you see who's still repping their team, right? That is true. Yeah. Not John, Mr. I don't know what's up with you, man, but what are you wearing? What is this? It's a hoodie. Little I don't know. Little little uh draft camo, I think, maybe. Yeah. Definitely not the Colts though. Definitely not the Colts. John only reps his teams when they're winning. Okay. I can't stop I, it. I've known John long stop enough. To, I, can, I can tell you he literally <laughs> stop it. He literally only reps his teams when they're winning. I can't tell you. Yeah, that one day, what do you wear that one day here? Like it was all Notre Dame. Like that and it was like right after the Colts. It lost. was like their only win last year, <laughs> and then you've never seen him wear Notre Dame again. <laughs> yeah, that's not true. I wear it all the time. That's why I have to switch it up. Mm. I wear different hats and hoodies all the time. I don't know. My one for the people, I need talked off the ledge, boys. Um in the, for the sake of buying Hogwarts Legacy on the day it comes out, <laughs> I am literally debating buying the new Xbox for like six hundred dollars. Yeah, just to play Hogwarts Legacy. If not for the Xbox One, you have to wait until April, and I just don't see myself doing that. I feel like Hogwarts Legacy might cost us some fun facts for different. Oh, it will. <laughs> different countries and states. That might be like when the podcast starts missing uploads. <laughs> oh, sheesh. <laughs> Make sure. Here's, here's oh, the, go ahead. Are yeah. you are you at all nervous just with how much you're anticipating this that it's just not going to be what you thought? I don't think there's any way it can't not be. I think it's going to be fantastic either way. Typically, when games are hyped, they don't miss. Oof. 
There's mm. de- there's definitely you know some outliers. We'll but see. We will see. I would hate for you to spend six hundred dollars and the price of the game and be disappointed. So I'm hoping it works out. Yeah, for especially you. with all the uploads it's going to cost and yeah, all that. Cannot wait. My life will be over. I feel bad for Miley. Come back next Monday. Uh, we will preview. Uh, no fights this week. I guess we didn't mm-hmm. mention that. That's why we did the MMA trade deadline. Um, but next week we have. We will set you up. I mean, for Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak. That's the 1 a.m. card. We'll explain more later. We'll see you guys then. Peace. Peace.